You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today, we're traveling back to 1985 to discuss K.K. Knoll's Daishiu Bushitsu LP. I hope I said that right, but uh, apologies if not. You said it as well as any of us can say it. Certainly than me. I enjoyed it. Originally released in 1985 on his own Nux organization label and reissued in 1990 by Forced Exposure, which back then was uh, just coming out of this, the magazine stages, right? Absolutely. And an absolute incredible LP that we are excited to discuss, recommended by a friend of the podcast. And that recommendation was taken and appreciated. And you're going to hear why here shortly. Before we get into the record, though, Gray, what have you been listening to? I got a, I got a good list here. So we'll just start at the top. Joel Danielson's Atlas cassette on audio visuals atmosphere and uh big joel danielson fan i i think death of the gray wolf is probably my favorite but it's also on lust vessel so the presentation the poster and stuff that came with it is a big selling point although this one looks very nice on some nice paper and uh simple obscure xerox imagery uh not really sure how to describe joel's sound it's uh somewhat ambient somewhat noisy maybe some field recordings or prepared small things i i am never quite sure but always enjoy listening to it and there is something that i listen to that i do know how to describe and it is uh the first disc from the new sissy spacek triple cd box set radio format and mm-hmm. uh features contributions from sarah taylor from youth code and Sarah Burnett of Bad News and 16-Bitch Pileup, and also uh, collaborations with GX Jupiter Larson, all of which I believe recorded on Romero's radio show, Psychotechnics. Well, you texted us. We haven't heard this, but you texted us describing what you liked about it, and my initial response was going to be, is GX involved in that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, is he involved in the disc you're talking about? No, he is on the wow, third see, disc. Wow, see, because the way you described it, I disc. assumed wow. that that was GX. So go, but go ahead and <laughs> this is a conversation and, I actually had with Weiss earlier today as okay. well. <laughs> so, uh, my first thoughts were like car crash industrial. It is that's what, and that's how you described mm-hmm. it. So in my mind, I Junk. went immediately to oh, yeah. GX must have been involved in that in- yeah. iteration. There it is broken glass and crumpled metal and screeching and all sorts of weird sounds. The first track is like 20 some minutes, I want to say. So it takes up a good chunk of the disc and that one definitely settles into that zone. But there are also uh, some tracks where I believe Charlie does vocals on it and Sarah Taylor does some vocals on it as well. And so there's these sort of weird guttural or screeched vocals on it that are very nasty too, over just horrific noise. It's unnerving. It's an uncomfortable listen. And I played it real loud. So nice. Excited to get through the next two discs, but I did make it all the way through disc one. And I also want to say it's, it feels like they're pretty damn jam packed. It's like I said, a bunch of radio performances on uh, KXLU and 
Well, it's a cool set. Uh, three CDs in like a printed cardboard box thing, and yeah, excited for the excited for the rest of it. And after that, I had a, a real sweet tooth for some noise. So, Auto Erotic Christ Bondage Morning Star went on. Yes. I can't remember if I mentioned this one before. I have listened to it before, but it's a collection of like out of print material, deadline tape, and some uh, split appearances and stuff. And this is good. Yeah. Peak, like late 90s noise. And especially. I mean the 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 looping is really good or it's it's feels weird because it's not even it's looping or sampling but it's intermittent it's not a steady loop so it feels really like re-triggered or I don't know cut up somehow and it has such a good flow to it it's got a very organic nice feel to these sounds while being like full blasting nasty noise so yeah I I'll say I'm not fully First in Auto Erotic Christ catalog, where I have a few things, but this kind of are now ooh. though. I mean, with that with that set, you know, it's it's you know, there's mm-hmm. oh, there's a decent amount of stuff, but it's not a giant overwhelming discography. Right. So it's it's nice to be able to have this set to really get a good glimpse at Auto Erotic Christ. Yeah, really great stuff. So that was that was nice. And uh, well, hey, sticking to the A band names. Something that Jim Haynes had recommended uh, back when we did our episode with him uh, a long time ago now, the master-slave relationship episode, Anemone Tube. Uh, I got the Death Mm. Over China CD, and this is fantastic stuff, and I need, I've heard a bit since then, but, and I think even mentioned in a recent listening, but I need to dig up even more of this material because good electronics, good like field recording samples weird stuff put in it has its own really unique vibe but it could sit on like tesco or something and it would be it would make sense which i think is something along the lines of what jim was saying but it it really has its own personality to it that i like and that keeps it weird and yeah this this disc uh certainly it's in uh in what i've heard and i, I makes me want to hear more so uh, yeah anemone tube a name i'm still trying to get used to saying so if i keep it's repeating it it's name. it's just cuz i'm trying to get it down in my brain it's, it's a tough name and finally the new form hunter disc on tronics and helicopter being stefan from new forces and justad and weston zerkes i've talked about form hunter before and i'm talking about him again because there's a new disc out and it's loud and nasty and really punishing tape junk metal harsh noise just filthy stuff has a pleasantly contemporary sound to it where like i don't think it it doesn't sound like it's trying to sound like lost 1998 tape or something but i feel like the approach is that that old noise vibe so uh, strange, good, good disc. Uh, it will hurt your ears if you listen to it as loud as I did. Connelly's, what have you been listening to? While we were gearing up for this episode and listening to the Null album, we were alternating it with the most recent Linecraft album. Oh yeah, been out for a little bit, and only gave it a first listen and hadn't really sat down with it. Man, I mean. Any listener of this podcast knows how the three of us feel about Linecraft. Absolutely sick. This is maybe a callback to a few years ago. It 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 doesn't have the 
th- those melodic synth yeah, lines not, he's been doing, which yeah. are, I think, taking the project to the next level. But it doesn't make this any less incredible. This is just in the pocket, mu- much like the, the last Tesco record, a great continuation. It almost feels like maybe the he's... Because with the labels he works with, he has a style maybe that he works with each label, which is, I think, a cool thing to do. I, I agree. I would say there there is a, a hint of that sort of melodic stuff it's, near the end of this record. It's there. No, no, yeah. it is. It's it's slightly there for sure, but, but not like not like on uh, industrial criminals history. History or exactly, anything. exactly. So uh, I listened to this as well. I knew you were going to mention it because yeah. we've been texting. So I didn't want to didn't want to steal that thunder. Yeah, yeah. But I this knew is you a would great also. record. Uh, it's really. so good. Asura, it's called Asura. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's great. Yeah, I I highly recommended for all listeners of this podcast. We are Minecraft fans through and through. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just been in industrial noise realm for us. We finally cracked open Remorseless Greed. Now, not going to spoil it. I know the listings out there. If you can avoid spoilers, it's just more fun. It's just more fun to avoid the spoilers. Yeah, it's great to get the reveal. You know, let's let's keep fun in noise, that thing, that discovery. And, I mean, once you discover it, once you go through the process of it, the experience of listening to it is that much more rewarding. So. There's no question this is a legendary compilation already, and it will be for years to come. And I'm excited for everyone to keep getting this. Now, Gray, I believe you have still yet to receive your copy yet. That's correct. I also uh, got some pre-order stuff in with that, so it's uh, all coming together. And I know that there has been slight spoilers that you just, it's hard to not get hit with it. But you haven't been fully spoiled, correct? No, I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid it just yes. for the just for that thing. Yeah. You know, these days you you can listen to an entire album before you buy it or before it shows up in your hands with the click of a button. And there's something to be said for the mystery. It's one of the things that we yeah romanticize here. I think a bit, but for with good reason. It's yeah. what makes me want to learn more and what makes me fall in love with noise. So when I look at some of my favorite projects. Uh, the mystery and the unknown when first discovering them and trying to search out information and find out more. And even just the questions posed by listening to that work are some of the things I remember most fondly in addition to, you know, great sounds. Absolutely. And as a tip, uh, get a vessel to pour the sand into because you can, you know, if you have carpet, it could be an issue. Yes. But additionally, we were listening to some other mysterious things by Death Pact International. The two new Death Pact International tapes. Exciting that that name is back. And we discussed that name and project and the thoughts behind that project on our DMDN episode as he was involved in some of the Death Pact stuff. So if you want to hear a little more about the philosophy behind Death Pact International, Death Pact Mail Order Music. Go back and check that episode out because we relay some information directly from someone who worked with it. But 
these are very exciting. The FBI Ragnarok is, <laughs> yes. I mean, again, kind of like that mystery thing. I don't want to necessarily spoil it, but I would just really sit down with these, really look at the inserts and really give full attention to the to what you're hearing and in relation to the inserts. I think it makes for a full experience and it's very exciting. I believe you were also uh, awaiting the arrival of those. I am indeed. Well, you will not be disappointed, Gray, because it's one of those, th- it's not something you just like throw on and forget about. It's something that you throw on and you're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And it's really engaging. And uh, it was great. The final thing we've listened to multiple times is a new CD on Kadritic Sound, Radio Sound, Interference Pattern. Oh, yeah. Man, I mean, the the remaster sounds great. Mm -hmm. It is a good-sounding remaster. This is, we cannot recommend this enough for just really great, unique 90s noise done in the Scott Arford way. Again, if... You haven't heard our episode with Scott from last year. Highly recommend going back to look, to listen to that for some great history. But this tape was fantastic. He was cool enough to scrounge up a couple copies of the tape for us. And Gray was cool enough to put some work in and make it available for more people as that tape is long gone. So yeah. This, it's nice this, when it's available. This CD attainable. is a really good service to the world of noise. I've worked with Scott before. We did a, a cassette on the label um, but and been a fan for a long time. But uh, getting to sort of hang out with him more and then doing the episode with him and then getting that tape just kicked that all off. So it was really thanks to our episode that <laughs> this reissue even happened because I was like, this tape is fantastic. Could we do a CD of it? And yeah. Now there's a CD of it, and I'm very, very pleased. So glad you, uh, glad you like it. Oh, fantastic! You know what else is fantastic, Gray, Tara? Do you guys know? Is it Saishiu Bushitsu by KK Null, also known as Final Substance? And the answer is yes. Yeah, it's absolute chaos noise. It's like the dark industrial future screaming back to you. It's wonderful. I was in a semi-miserable mood and this was exactly the balm my brain needed to express that frustration uh, and, and chaos in my brain. I loved it. You know, I too was in a sour mood this morning and through listening to uh, the new Linecraft and a couple other things mm-hmm. and, and this album, it, uh, my my mood has indeed swung around to the positive side. This record is is great, and and again, like Connolly said, this was recommended to us by a friend, and I I purchased it on recommendation alone, and completely just love the record, love what I hear. And 1985 is a real shocker for how brutal this record is, and how just fully fully harsh and nasty it sounds. To me, this has a lineage of something like 
cum organization, broken flag Ramla. It has that mm -hmm. early 80s UK power electronics feel to it. It feel the and I think that's the feedback. Oh, definitely the feedback and the sort of that that nauseating feedback that's a different different levels or different yes. sort of mm -hmm. spectral frequencies in it to make it hard to discern exactly what's going on. And yeah, I really, it has, it has a very live feel to it, which we would see in a lot of the broken flag stuff. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, Total was sort of a reference point for me too, when listening to this. Cause um, of the guitar. When, and that's the thing is that this is it's guitar vocals and percussion. That's over the whole record. The it, electronics are not listed as a instrument. Yeah, I feel like there had to be some something in. I mean, as far as like distortion and effects and and whatnot. Oh, certainly, but it just yeah, feel, it guitar, feels sure. like raw electronics. Mm -hmm. It does. There's very very few parts in which you can notice perhaps there's a guitar go active here, and I, I think he abandoned the guitar in his work as KK Null after a point. Uh, but it's in full force here. It's really just, I mean, this is, this is guitar. This is a brutal, nasty, displaced guitar record. And there's a lot of really nice sort of elements happening all at the same time on this first track Ultima. Like the, it starts out great with just the, the, this raw noise sound, but then there, this sort of churning bass comes in. But I hear we've talked about the envelope filter a few times. I hear some of those sort of sounds where the filter kind of follows and closes the sounds that are going on. But also it, after a point, the, the vocals come in and the vocals are, are completely manic. Yes, the vocals are insane. And it's again, it just that maniac feel totally unhinged. It feels he's in a room with his guitar mm -hmm. with a mic hot so that the feedback is going. Yes. And it feels like he's just going for it. I picture some concrete room. And I some of those vocals, especially near the end of, of the first side, I wrote, I feel that Masana had to have been into this. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Those grotesque vocalizations they're they're not as frantic as masana but they are no. they have that same sort of tortured and yeah. and again un, yeah unhinged feel to them and sometimes they're extended and sometimes the, it's a more like a short burst or you know kind of faster cadence and i i i was unsure if, at first reading the reading the liner notes cuz like, you throw the record on and you're like okay it's this this track is guitar and voice this one doesn't even have metal listed on right. it that's only mm -hmm. on the b side yeah. or percussion as as Connelly said but I, I think it's credited as metals and you just the what I think of when I see those things is not what this sounds like. And I talked about another, uh, this is a long time ago, probably another guitar record that always really sort of surprised me, which is that Jesse Peterson uh, collided with a tricky shade of dark LP. And I, I need to reevaluate my thoughts on guitar noise <laughs> at some point, because I have in my head, I am expecting to hear a guitar, but 
all all my favorite guitar noise i don't really hear i don't really hear a guitar at all you yeah like you said there's glimpses of it here and you know that it's guitar and you think of kk null as guitar because of his history because of zenny gave uh you think of him as a guitar player and tara in an interview he talks about what influenced him to play guitar the way he plays it he he credits it to fred frith and kazuyuki kishino says he came to play in Japan for the first time in 1980, I think, or maybe it was 1981. And before I had seen his performance, I was very conservative about guitar playing, but suddenly he changed my way of thinking. He didn't play the guitar the traditional way. He put his guitar on the table and was smashing and scratching it, making noise. And I was like, oh, you can do like this as well. And so it inspired me a lot. And also, um, we listened to an interview with Joe Glanz. And K.K. Nall, and he discussed going to see The Wall. The first time he left Japan in 1980, he saw Pink Floyd. And that absolutely influenced him, too, and and how he made abstract sounds. Oh, yeah. And I think also, too, I believe he talks about K.G. Hino and, and Fujitsuchi. I mean, can you sound? Is Fuzitsusha. it possible to sound I was sober even and say that Fuzitsusha. name? It, you, it's, it's. You say it, and you immediately have had seven drinks. Can we just all agree to slur through that? Yeah, Fuzitsusha. It's. I've never said it. I thought it's not Fuzitsusha. Sounded. Fuzitsusha. Hey, you know what? Great. You know what? Look, you're better Fuzitsusha. than you're better than us because I've never been able to say it clearly. It's it just, difficult it just to say of, it casually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and everyone knows how I pronounce yes. anything anyway, so it's just a it's an uphill battle for me. <laughs> and, a lot you know, of challenges here. Okay, you might think of him for guitar. You know, Zenny gave a. It's a. It is a, a fair thought. When I think of KK Null, I think of a guitar cable. Right. Yeah. And I think we both saw this tour in different uh, states here, Connolly. But well, in 99, yes. I want to say he came to the U.S. See, and played. So my I my memories of my first proper noise shows, I, I should, I'm sure I can figure this out and look this up. There's two, and I do feel I conflate them because I forget which ones were which. But my first, because they, they were at the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chris Sanko was probably... At one, oh, maybe it was before he lived in Chicago. Well, Chris, you may have been at these. We may have we may have discussed this. We may have discussed this on an episode, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we heard you talk about this." <laughs> yeah, you've heard me talk about these shows too. But anyway, my first noise shows were KK Null, Illusion of Safety, Noisegate, and Jalapaz. Those four projects, and it was two shows for sure. And I sort of can't remember how they were divided up, and. That, and I, I want to say it was 98 though, but it could have been 99. Again, it is all a slight blur. KK and would yeah. tour a lot, so it's possible that we may have even seen him on different tours, but that was guitarless, correct? Yeah, so, and that is why he abandoned the guitar was to go on tour and it was it was too much equipment to carry to each show and so in multiple interviews he said he needed to find a more compact way to go on tour and so that's when he initially would start recording things on mini discs or other um, ways of sampling material and then 
edit them and play with them live. Yeah, so that is when I would have seen him first. And but I I had it had just been when I was getting into noise, discovering noise, and I was so excited to be able to get to go see a live noise show that was also I remember picking up the CCCC Jalapaz Alchemy the 20th Century CD, three-way split CD. Nice. And the consumed comp LP that Jalapaz put out on leg meat featuring CCCCCCCCC Jalapaz, Bastard Noise, and more. I want to say maybe Defabrique, as well as the K2 Jalapaz 7 ish. I remember what I got at those shows. <laughs> I'm sure I got some more stuff. But I remember getting those, but I, I do conflate with those two shows and I can't remember which one was first and I can't remember exactly who Mm -hmm. was on which, but Hey, bravo for remembering them in the first place. There you go. And Fireside Bolt for sure. Absolutely legendary. The Detroit instance of that show happened. uh, If I remember it, it was a weird gallery. I think it was a place that I only ever went to, to see that show and maybe one other one. And my memories of it are not great. I know I bought, the vinyl communications CD at the show. <laughs> I think that would have been nice. That's my, me- my merch memory of it. But my strong memory of it is that he played a guitar cable with his thumb. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah. is like through what, a bunch of gear. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. It wasn't just a single yeah. <laughs> simple buzz, but the, the lack of any instrument or even what I would consider sort of a source, especially at the time, you know, this again, yeah, this is very early for starting to go to shows. And I just have this, this strange <laughs> memory of standing there with a guitar cable and his thumb on it and that, and, and a table full of stuff. And I think that takes a certain level of balls to pull off. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I do have very fond memories of KK Null, but admittedly, I'm not insanely well versed in his discography. And for example, this record is a new to all three of us. Yes. And We're just excited is, by how good it is. Yeah. And now it is like, <laughs> I mean, already, that's all we've talked about this week is how excitingly good this album is. Yeah. Cause yeah. it just, and it, it doesn't sound like what my memory of seeing him in 98, it yeah. doesn't sound like what you think of as guitar noise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like what you think of as Japanese noise necessarily. Now, I mean, around this time, 85, you're going to also have Hijo Kaiden, Incapacitance, which I see in that also live use of guitars with Hijo Kaiden. Yeah, vocals. Vocal stuff. Yeah. But this also is its own thing. Like I said, I think it reminds me more of Comorg than it does Alchemy. Yeah, it's just, it's so dense. Like, especially Ultima, the density and weight of that track is is really startling. And I think that's why it feels so good if you are in any state other than just feeling calm and placid. It, like, you know, by the end I'm writing, yes, this is precisely how I feel. Because you get all aspects of tortured, screaming vocals, like the quick cry of pain and then just a sustained scream and it's so emotive but vague at the same time yeah i i really appreciate it and the the title 
final substance and the track titles, Ultima Materia, make me think of of alchemy. Speaking of good alchemy. <laughs> of actual alchemy. Of, al- of actual like al- alchemical notes. So, you know, Ultima Materia could actually be translated to final substance if you want to look at it that way and just a different way to reflect on it. But when I when I hear the words, you know, materia, I think of alchemy, like prima materia would be the formless matter that everything is made of, much like the ether. And to have ultima materia, it's just the end of that prima materia. And then to also have prima natura as the studio credit. Um, as where this is recorded. And that would be, you know, the first nature. And it's fitting. He's He was definitely interested in this element of thought. And it goes into a lot of the titles. We'd yeah. see you know, Ultimate Materials is a phrase that he uses moving forward. And... That's another thing that just sets him apart, a distinction. It's his own take on this world. Well, and of course, I'm going to enjoy this quote from an interview in japanvibe.net. KK Null says, I'm very inspired by cosmology, astrodynamics, and that kind of science, and also mathematics, but it doesn't really affect my music. (laughs) I think it might affect his music. Right. Uh, but I and love his interests. Yeah. And I, I'm, uh, we got to talk about this B side materia. Absolutely. <sighs> Which gives us more of the same in a different light. And yep. I think that's a nice way to put this LP together because I, on this side, I felt like there was more sort of junk noise sound and Mm -hmm. less voice but there's also this sort of overwhelming tone that runs through it for a point that i really really dig it how awesome is that it has a not quite melodic element to it because it's not but it's a very simple shifting tone and it actually starts to feel really oppressive the sound is so big and this tone weaving through it this heavier bass tone is it's really makes for an oppressive listen compared to the sort of more frantic a side this one is you said dense terror for the a side and and the b side here is is massive not dense but massive Towering. yes the metal junks are fully happening he you can just picture mm. him bashing away on them that low feedback tone whatever is creating that let makes this bass for him to go mad over yeah Yeah, i I wrote hitting junk in a sea of sound (laughs) it's really yeah perfect just what i what i was feeling on this one and even as we move towards the end there's sort of more repetitive smashing of the junk and it's it sounds so cool yeah i was just envisioning this punishing tone that is so huge and then the chaos is trying to wrap itself around it but it can't because nothing can overwhelm that tone yeah, it really takes over. Mm-hmm. I love this track. Yeah, it's 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 quite brutal. You got a star next to it. Sure do. <laughs> Look at that. 
And I mean, I would love to have seen him do something like this live. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he did. <laughs> yeah. Memory's a bit hazy of uh, noise shows from t- almost 20, you know, 22, 23 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Uh, and he's played so many shows. I'm sure at some point he has. Like he has um, done so many performances with so many different projects. Worked with a lot of people, of course. Uh-huh. Worked with Mersbau very early on. Yes. Did a lot of those early tapes with Mersbau, Panadarash. His label Nux organization released the first Melt Banana release. Sure, so a wide range of yeah. artists yeah. from straight noise to band stuff to working, of course, with Jim O'Rourke in the... Yeah, to highly respected artists. Exactly. So... It's his whole work is really interesting. And you know, hey, have you seen him since? I have not seen him since. I haven't seen uh sort of I would have gone if I'd seen you yeah. know an announcement of him coming through, but I, I just haven't. And you know, uh I think we're quite lucky that forced exposure reissued this record in nineteen ninety yes. because it is it is very available still you yes. can i mean you're mm. not gonna go buy it new at best buy sure but you can get this record <laughs> you know comparative to trying to track down the original nux organization 1985 press which is very hard to find this there mm. is an, an edition that is quite gettable and was made here in the u.s or at least distributed and widely available here in the u.s so it's uh we're, we're lucky for that definitely now did you ever buy a noise CD at Best Buy? We always talk about Borders. We talk oh, about yeah. Virgin Megastore. What, Media Play? I don't think I ever bought a noise CD at Best Buy. Did you, can you think of it one, Gray? No. I, I. If anything, it would have been one of those like 20 horror movies on 10 discs DVD box set kind of Oh, things. Best Buy was great for you. Yeah. They used to always get yeah, the Anchor Bay stuff. There was a, there was a time when... Best Buy definitely got, especially movies. But I mean, there was a time where that was known for, they were known for CDs. Just not noise CDs. Maybe they had some. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, we always talk about Borders getting them. And Mm -hmm. I I, I wonder if Best Buy ever got any of the relapse CDs. I bet they did. (laughs) I bet, I bet there was a Best Buy out there that got. Paul Steeman. I only think of long boxes when I think of Best Buy. Really? See, they, I don't think of long boxes because Best our Buy at Best all. Buy always had the long box like stored vertically, so you could flip them. And that's some Kentucky. Yeah, it's stuff. Some Kentucky. It's, still, yeah, because yeah, I feel like long boxes never got phased out before I would have ever gone to Best Buy for my CD purchase. There was a oh, store no. in Michigan. In uh, in Roseville, that like specialized in long box CDs. I don't know where they were getting them. I think it was called something like Melodies and Memories. But I I just Wait, remember you, you mentioned Melodies Melodies and Memories. I feel like you got something great at, at a Melodies. And Memories. Oh, I'm not I'm not sure. I, there's <laughs> what a great name for a store, the, huh? The other place I talk about is like Music Music, which I've definitely well, found a lot of crazy of. stuff. That is what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. That's <laughs> that was I know oh, M. Yeah, M. right. Well, no, I, I think Melodies and Memories, I, and I think this is the name, I can't remember, but they had, they just, I remember going in there and being like, where? why do they have all these long box CDs? It's like 2003. <laughs> like, you, these aren't around anymore. Did you ever go to Rock of Ages of in course. Garden City? Oh, yeah. God, they yes. had Amazing. long boxes. Well, however long we've lived here, before, like when, when, before we moved here, 
they still had some long boxes. Obviously, yeah. still from yeah, like like Lita, like a Lita Ford yeah. CD. I bought a Still coil t-shirt at Rock of Ages. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because that place was crazy. I wonder if it's still open, but because it had that entire t-shirt room. Yes, yeah. And then the CDs, and there was definitely 80s CDs that they'd had since the 80s. That place made me so box. allergic. It was wild. Probably I where I got place. my first Bastard yeah. Noise release, too, actually, was yeah, Rock they, of Ages. Yeah. They would have, yeah, that would be some sort of... They would have probably man is the bastard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they would maybe grab bastards, but they probably got some of the relapse CDs. But I, I wonder if that place is still open because I loved going there because it's so mm-hmm. you are stepping back in time when you go in there. You are going to see like look what the cat dragged in <laughs> long box. You know, yeah, still I there grip right now. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I, I yeah. like when the when the CDs are on the long security. Uh, and you boxes. can kind of hold them because you can, yeah, you can hold use them, them like a little purse. You yeah, can just stick yeah. them on your arm and carry them around. It's very convenient. Yeah, yeah. Just, whoop, I hate those things. Put your hand right through them. There was a store though in the, a suburb by where I lived that did carry. It was a big independent music store, but it ca- like I picked up uh, either Pink Reamer or or or, or or however you pronounce that. One of the pink. CDs, Mersbaugh CDs. They had that there. And that was, it was just in like a suburb. And I wonder so strange. How, when we had a bunch of music stores like that in the suburbs that would have, when thinking back on it now, you're like, wow, I wonder if those types of places still exist. A weird, tiny suburban record store that carries, but grab the new radio sound somehow. Right, you know, like I don't know. I, I it feels like maybe one kid worked there and was like, "You should get this." Or it only takes one. Something that KK know because he was on Vinyl Communications. Oh, yeah, first exposure. Absolutely. Manifold certainly, you know, actual press CDs in the nineties mm-hmm. got out there, and you got to yeah, think. You also that, had to press like a thousand minimum, so you had to yeah, get them out there. Yeah. Well, I love that this original LP also was packaged in metal. Like the cover was sheet, like, you know, a sheet of metal. It looks amazing. It looks so cool. It looks so cool. I've never played with one. I just wonder if it was sharp or not. We can hope. How often, I know, how often do you, like, how many, how many times have we all been cut on sheet metal? I I got cut on a release the other day. Oh, really? You know, you you, you, my thumb. Oh, yeah, that's right. So (laughs) I got cut on. The smell and Quim barbed wire tape. Yes, he did. Finally. It was bleeding. <laughs> it, it had because that's one that we keep on the shelf facing out. That was a because there's really not many places to keep it. B so we can always see it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, without knowing, it had fallen into a bag, unbeknownst <laughs> to me. Oh God! I felt a strange protuberance. I am. I swear. The only thing You're I have had so today is today. this it's great. delicious it's a poppy prebiotic soda. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, but, and delicious. all these words are making me sound like I'm slurring. I apologize, everybody. It had fallen into a bag. I felt a weird bulge and I went to see what it was. And it straight up cut me right <sighs> in the middle of my thumb. And it's that thing where. You don't know how much the middle of your, of your thumb touches everything <laughs> every at thing. every point of every day. I just, and it just, I would keep just like, ah, ah, 
it's just, and it's just that stinging. <laughs> so yes, that <laughs> smell and quim attacked me. I had a box cutter in my purse and I forgot about it and I took it out. Didn't realize the extra blades had fallen out into my purse. So a couple of days ago, I was rifling around for a mint and uh, I pulled out a blade. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's safe. <laughs> Very good move. Good to have in your purse. Kindly, just a just a tip. If you're reaching and you f- feel an undeterminate bulge, stop reaching. <laughs> you're right. And it was a take a little peek. It was a lesson. It's amazing. Learned. So more things about KK Null or just something I wanted to mention because I like it would be Absolute Null punked the band. Yes. The name origin was Sentai Lado in Japanese, but there was already a band that was Sentai Lado. And so he chose to use the German word for absolute zero, which is, you know, the lowest temperature that you can get. Almost the temperature of space, not quite. I did not that. know that. Yes, I Yes, I you thought- did. We talked about it. On an episode, and then we did a. Remember, we, we talked didn't about, talk about KK Null naming his band. Oh after no, no, that. no! Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant you didn't know that about Absolute Zero. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Oh, we've discussed Absolute Zero My the bad. temperature My many bad. times. I Quantum jumped at you. Computing and whatnot. It's so. like I jumped at you, like I jumped into my bag <laughs> to grab. <laughs> Without caution. With, I threw caution to the wind. And I paid for it. We've all been emboldened by this final substance. It is true. Well, I love this record. Yeah, it's a great one. It's fantastic. Highly suggest anyone go check it out. As it is now a new favorite here. We've this we've we got a new favorite with Netzak, thanks to you. And we got firmly into a band that you have recommended to us for decades. If anyone who listened to Seven Inch Sunday will have heard that. So it's been a really cool end of the year, just digging into old projects, old records that a new light has been shown on for us that yeah, and will this never isn't, turn off. And this is so inspiring. Like how many times have we heard KK Null, but then to revisit it and think about him, you know, hearing, going to this Pink Floyd concert, seeing somebody playing a guitar in a separate way and then deciding that they want to make their own experimental music and then recording cassettes, releasing Mersbau, releasing their own LP and making a career that continues up until this point in sound art and using images and sound to inspire all of us. I just think it's very cool. What a record. Absolutely. Thank you, friend of the podcast, for recommending. And thank you, listeners. We're going to hop over to the Patreon. We'll talk to you over there. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, 
and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.